0: The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back, my friends. I hope that you were here with us for the last episode, episode number 691 of the Positive Productivity Podcast. Oh my gosh, frog in my throat. That was missing for the last 10 minutes, Rodney. But in episode 691, Rodney C. Burris was here with us. We had a fantastic conversation. We were both on a little bit of a time crunch. I knew I needed to take it further. So if you didn't already listen to that episode, go back, listen to that one, Leave your comments down below and then come listen to this one, because today we are picking up wherever we feel like it. <laughs> I was going to say where we left off, Rodney, but I just say where we feel like it. But welcome right. back.
1: Thank you for having me. And yes, we were chit-chatting right before we jumped on the show and you sounded beautiful. And as soon as you started talking, your old familiar frog friend, the FFF, he, he kind of hopped on over there, didn't he?
0: I'm going to have to borrow that one from you. I don't know where that frog <laughs> came from. I'm affected by squirrels all the time. I get distracted very easily.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: But frogs, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm writing that one down. Familiar frog friend. That's oh, really familiar awesome. familiar
1: frog friend. That's right, that's right.
0: So this isn't where I was intending to go, but honestly, I never know where I intend to go. It's Uh, been a couple of weeks since we chatted. What has been especially impactful in your life or in your business since we chatted last?
1: I jumped on a plane after we talked and I went to Atlanta and I spoke at a conference. And it was amazing, Kim, because I manifested that conference. It was, I heard about it. I knew it was happening several weeks ago and I wrote out my talk that I was going to give there. Now, mind you, I wasn't even invited to come at the time I wrote it. It was like six in the morning. I was out kind of doing like some exercises at one of our lakes here in Baltimore. And I had the whole inspiration about it. I sat down and started typing on my phone, texting, texting, texting. I sent myself this whole kind of brain dump Several weeks go by, and there's a photograph of me with a slide image behind me depicting what I was sharing with them. And what I was sharing with them was birthed out of me running around doing my exercise at six in the morning several weeks back. So just to be able to have an idea, birth an idea, and then live in and walk with it in a way where people are like, Breathe a new life with you because of it. That has been an impactful experience with me since we last spoke.
0: So, that's very actually similar to what I've been experiencing in the last two weeks, but not at all the same. I know that sounds uh-huh, really uh-huh. crazy, but the feelings, the intuition, like everything that I feel like I need to do in the last few weeks, I realized I just need to follow that.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: And usually when I, Well, not usually. Whenever I follow that feeling in my gut, something amazing happens. But when I don't follow my gut, when I follow my head instead, and I'm Uh going to say angel, like the angel on one shoulder, that's my gut, okay?
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Not to say that my head is bad, but I'm going to call that the devil on the other. Okay, Mm -hmm. That one will lead me in very often the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Like usually it says okay, you got to pursue money today. And the other side, my stomach says you got to pursue impact. But when I'm going, and I'm not saying that they can't both, you know, be friends and make awesome happen, Uh huh. Uh-huh. but usually my gut leads me in the right direction and it's a faster path.
1: Can I share something? Please. And the only reason why I said this, is because I know we want to have some sort of like aim for our talk today. So I'm very mindful of that. So please feel free to direct it as you feel fit. But that whole thinking with your gut, feeling with your gut, do you know what I've learned, Kim? I've learned that there are neurons in a type of brain cell called ganglia, gang, L-I-A, ganglia, inside of your digestive tract, And actually inside of your heart. And so for years and eons and centuries across cultures and histories and people groups around the world, there's always been this nod towards the idea that you think in your heart. And we've always just kind of viewed it kind of figuratively and poetically or this gut feeling like that kind of phraseology pops up in cultures, like anthropologically speaking around the world forever for histories. It pops up all over. And now it kind of seems that it wasn't just figurative and it wasn't just poetic and it wasn't just ancient people or culture groups trying to figure out how to describe a feeling, but we actually on some level kind of knew that there's a little bit of, Thinking or thought of some sort that happens within me that's not with up in my head. And so, if yeah, there are peer-reviewed journals right now, like research data, empirical data articles that talk about the neurons and the brain cells and the ganglia that are inside the heart and inside the digestive tract. How about that?
0: Mm. I want to look into that more because I've never heard of that.
1: Isn't that amazing?
0: I barely passed biology though, so I'm not surprised that I've never (laughs) heard of it. (laughs) I passed it because my mom told me I had to.
1: Right, right.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Earlier this week, I had a call with a great friend who was thinking about an area where he could go off in his business and start something new. Uh And it's an area that I'm moving away from in my business. I love building marketing funnels. I've been doing that for seven years. But I'm realizing that's not where my passion is. There's the zone of genius and there's uh-huh. the zone of excellence. Wow! And that's my zone of excellence. That's where people know me. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if I'm really going to follow my heart and do what I feel is my purpose here, that's not my zone of genius. Like Funnels is not my zone of genius. So he's talking to me about this new opportunity that he sees in his business and he wants to work with me to possibly build it out. And i the first instinct was, oh my gosh, that could be a lot of money. There's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And as I'm listening to him talk, I'm, I just felt my gut saying no, oh, no, nice, no, no, no. And it took a lot for me to say, you know, I think there's a lot of potential here, mm. but mm. if I'm going to be true to myself this year and going forward, I have to turn this down. Because it's not where my focus is, especially right now in my life. I want to get my book written.
1: Nice. What's the aim, the goal, the vibe, the title of your book?
0: Chronic Idea Disorder The Entrepreneur's Guide to Overcoming, no, to Conquering Idea Overwhelm. Wow. See, so if I follow his path, Uh it's going to be another chronic idea disorder attack you know it's going to be another oh let's go build something new Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be finishing up something again Mm -hmm. my book and everything else that I have planned and I've already been talking about this book for seven years I don't want it to be another seven years
1: yeah yeah I like that how far are you on your book Kim so far
0: like 15,000 words
1: that's a lot of words
0: it (laughs) is is. (laughs) it's not in any order I had to give a big shout out to Scrivener Uh It's an awesome writing tool for people who are squirrel-brained like me. Uh You can come up with random thoughts and put them in a little section and then you can drag and drop the sections around to put it in exactly the order it needs to go nice. in
1: because
0: i'm not a linear thinker uh-huh, you've, uh-huh. you've already seen that
1: uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> my thoughts just come how they want to come and i'm not going to tell them to stop i don't no, want know no.
1: yeah we, yeah so scrivener helps with that right so do you type it do you talk it how does scrivener work
0: okay so i just got the phone app this week because mm-hmm. my friend richie was actually asking can you talk to text it
1: I was like, mm-hmm. you know,
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, I don't need another phone app. <laughs> I don't need one. But then I was out driving around and I had an idea and I was like, that would be really handy. So yeah, you can talk to text it. So when you're going around the lake at some point, you know, you could just talk to text it and put it exactly how you want it to be. But anyway, to go back to the point, every time I followed the money in my business, yeah, the money has been harder to get. And I'm not going to do that path anymore. You know, I realized that we never really got into what you do in the last episode. I know because you, because. Right. But we didn't get to share it out. We didn't get to share it out. So before we go any further, let's give you the center stage. Yeah. Share what you do.
1: Thank you so much, Kim. So I am by profession, a leadership development trainer. What does that mean? That means. Oftentimes, we are in positions in our organizations and our companies, our schools, what have you, where we need to fire everybody and start over, right? We need brand new staff because this ain't working, but we can't do that for you name it. What are the reasons? Pick one, all of the above, right? And so how do we take the human capital that we have? and make it different and better in a way that helps bottom line, productivity, profitability. And a lot of that is around personal development. So what happens is companies do a lot of training during orientation, right? Here's what we expect. Here's why we hired you. Here's the things you need to know. And then they don't touch training again for... who knows, sometimes never again. And what has happened is you have a decrease in connectedness to the work, an increase in burnout. You have this high turnover rate that starts happening or people that are just sitting on the clock. And so there's been a movement recently. So if any of your listeners especially the entrepreneurs that have their teams. If they feel as though they have been in position where they've been spinning wheels with the two, three, four, twenty, fifty 20, 50 people that they've been working with, we seem like we make progress and we fall back. I got this one guy that got these two people that you are in good company with so many other leaders that are in that same position. And what has been happening, Kim, is a consistent movement towards training and developing our people on things that seem just non-connected to the work. So, for example, money management, personal finances. Listen, I'm going to give you a paycheck. You do the job. I'm going to give you a paycheck. And how you spend your money is your business. However, their approach to spending personal money is a function of a mindset. That mindset comes to work with them every day right? Also, their interpersonal relationships, whether they're going well, whether they know how to communicate, hey, whatever, sure, like or don't like, delete who you want to delete, whatever, but those actions are a result of a mindset and the mindset comes to work with them every day. And so whether I realize it or not, as a professional, as the boss, as the manager, supervisor, I'm dealing with their mindsets, their scruples, their baggage every single day. It's affecting how they respond over email. It's affecting how they are showing up in the workplace. And so companies have been doing more and more towards training and developing their staff in ways that have produced cost savings, profit increases, Higher attendance, better work life balance, higher morale. And so we have studies about this. I have stats about this sort of stuff. And that's the space that I get to show up in in my work that I do. And I love it.
0: Mm. So I wanted to get back to our conversation about heart. Hmm? Where does heart come in in your perspective in the role of a leader?
1: Yeah. So leaders have. A phenomenal responsibility. They are fully responsible for the decisions that are made, right? And so if things go poorly, they take that blame. And if things go well, it's, the struggle of taking all of the credit and not sharing some of the love. Like when you know good and well, some of that came because you listened to Kim's podcast. Some of that comes Mm -hmm. because you got some great people on team with you and stuff like that. And so it's a consistent internal battle between thinking with their heart and thinking with their brain. One of the best benefits for a leader is incorporating perspectives into their Process into their decision making. So, earlier, guys, you guys don't know this, but Kim and I were talking about the value of perspective and about the value of being able to sensibly listen to somebody else, share something in a way that adds input, that adds perspective to the decision. And leaders have to do it intentional job of that because sometimes the battle between the heart brain and the mind brain can be a complete wash and then they get what's called analysis paralysis and your book title kind of I think talks about that Kim your book talks about like getting stuck with the chronic ideas can you share that title one more time for the people in the back
0: chronic idea disorder the entrepreneur's guide to conquering idea overwhelm
1: idea overwhelm, right? And Mm -hmm. so I never heard it the way Kim has phrased it, right? I love it. I think your book is going to do numbers. I think it's going to, because it seems timely and it seems like it speaks to a condition that many people experience. The way I've heard it before, one of the angles that I've heard it has been analysis paralysis. And so I'm thinking, 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 but I can't really get to an end because it's not perfect yet. And I can't launch and I can't start and I can't decide. I can't hire them. And I can't fire them. And I can't refinance. And I, that's analysis paralysis. And Kim, when all of our options are crippled by fear, that is a sign that we are not actually thinking through, but we are being laden by obscure notions that things are not going to work out well. And so fear is a crippler. And when that happens, when every option, every single option is a dead end, if I did that, then that will happen. And if I know that's a good one, if I did that, but then this would happen. If that is our situation, we are not actually in a space of thinking Whatever the opposite of chronically is, our ideas are not in that life-giving space. They are very much be, um, chronic ideas and we need the benefit of perspective and others to help us pull out of it. It's hard to do by ourselves, but it's definitely possible if we connect to good people.
0: Oh, absolutely. See, I didn't have an issue with not being able... Analysis paralysis. Analysis uh-huh. paralysis was never my problem, uh-huh. but... I- I never took time to pause and think, is this what's best for me, my business, and my purpose? I didn't even take time to decide what my mission and vision were Mm -hmm. for my business. What impact do I want to have? And to be honest, I think that is what has led me here. And I think that was supposed to happen. Actually, I don't think. I know that's what was supposed to happen because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be writing the book if I hadn't struggled, right? Like, You write the book you're most supposed to you could have used, there's some more eloquent way of putting it. Mm -hmm. To go back though, with the teams that I worked with in corporate, when I was in corporate, I noticed a big discrepancy between leaders with heart and leaders without. And I don't want to make it sound like my leader's sucked and were mean people uh-huh. they weren't but they were always focused on the finances first
1: uh
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the the heart came way at the bottom i'm going to give an example i was pregnant with my first child this is 18 years ago and let's just say i had a doctor's appointment in the morning and i would miss an hour of work but then i was working enough overtime that i could wor- you know be at work for 60 hours a week
1: uh-huh
0: there was no comp if I missed that hour in the morning, I got docked for that hour. Oh, my God. But there was no consideration for the extra. Right. It was, you know, more, more, more. We'll take it, but we won't give it.
1: Oh, that's horrible. And
0: it is. But what I learned out of that is I saw the extreme turnover that they had. Yeah. Right. I stayed for a year and a half. To be honest, I was already looking for a new job before I left, Uh but I left because my son was born with a club foot and he had a lot of doctor's appointments and I couldn't afford to miss four hours once a week to take care of that. Even if I worked overtime, I couldn't afford to be docked four hours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. I would have stayed happily, but I was going to have to pay them.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Why should I pay them that's ridiculous when I'm working overtime right and I saw happen other places too so I'm all about I will start people on my team that are completely green like uh-huh. don't have any experience and there's a time and place for that you right. know sometimes you need to hire somebody who is so super experienced in something so that you don't have to go through that learning curve but I want to get to know my people. I want to know what they're passionate about. Uh-huh. And the, I ask that, what do you love to do? There's even a, I can't remember the name of it. Maybe I'll look it up for the show notes. But there's a test, a quiz that I have them take. And uh-huh. it says what area they're most passionate about. And I let them know. Or I, if it's not in alignment with what they're doing currently, I, I talk to them about it. You know, this is what the quiz says. I just want to talk to you about it. Is this true? They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I want you to stay around. Uh huh. So let's talk about how we can get you into that area instead. Because just like you were saying, they're going to bring whatever baggage they have from outside circumstances every day. To work they with can't them.
1: help it. Right.
0: They but if it. work doesn't feel like a chore, if work is a joy,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: then they'll stay longer. And then I don't have to go through retraining somebody. That's
1: right. And then they start alleviating. It's That experience starts alleviating their baggage and so now coming to work with kim doing the stuff that we do because we love it kim mentioned something earlier today guys i listen i get all of the good nuggets right before we jump on the show so here's another great nugget that kim shared she mentioned something wait you're not
0: going to share my weight right no i'm just kidding (laughs) <laughs> no Kim is that so came crazy. out before the show too i just need to put it out there that's everybody. not a nugget Kim Kim is- Just <laughs> it was crazy guys no
1: she mentioned something about a genius zone and a what was the other zone
0: yeah so you can be in your zone of genius or mm-hmm. your zone of excellence and then mm-hmm. there's two other ones the big leap i will put that into the show notes that's where i learned that but yeah wow
1: keep on so when we all operate in our zone of genius and now i don't fully know those terms. I got those from Kim and she said she got them from something called the big leap. But as I understood it in the context of what she was sharing, there's stuff that we're good at doing that we could do, but it's not our zone of genius. right? And, and yes, I can make it look good and it can be nice and pretty and all that, but it doesn't give me life. It's not where my true genius shines. And so when we intentionally, one, New hires, right? You look for people not that just feel good with the team, but something about the work makes them come alive. And there's ways to do that. And I have one of my books, Kim, talks about that. I'm not going to get into that right now. But then the other thing is, now that I have my folks, because I can't hire anybody new, Rodney and Kim, right? I hear this guy talking, Kim, your guest, and he's saying hire new and great, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Matter of fact, I may have to let some folks go. What do I do now? And that's when you look, it's a reason why they're there. It's a reason why you all are there. And there's something about the work. And as a leader, it takes a little bit of re-envisioning, right? And kind of getting out of static channels and static roles this role does this because this is how I designed it and wrote it out. And this role does this. And those team members do these sort of things. You might have to kind of break some of those categories down in order to maximize the people that you do have, because I may be really, really good at doing this thing out of that job role, out of that role, and this thing out of that role, and this thing out of that role. And collectively, I would be great at it. But it breaks down our paradigms, Kim. It breaks down our constructs that we've so perfectly set up and worked so hard to have in place. And we're not realizing that that may in in and of itself be a chronic idea that's holding us back. And leaders have to be the first at embracing change and embracing innovation within themselves so that our people can too.
0: Absolutely. So I just pulled the book off my shelf. I wanted to share with you the four different zones. Yes. Okay. So there's the zone of genius, which is like your passion area. What would you do for free if money was not an issue? Okay. There's the zone of excellence. That's what you're really awesome at. Mm-hmm. You like doing it. You might even love doing it, but would you do it for free? Mm. Probably not. <laughs> right. Okay. Right, right, right. There's the zone of competence. And then there's the zone of incompetence. And I just want to give an example. If you haven't heard it already, I don't cook, I burn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. Put me in the kitchen, was unemployed and I needed to make money. And I went and applied for a job as a line chef. Uh I would be working in my zone of incompetence. Yeah. Because people would be getting either charred to hell (laughs) or undercooked food all day long. (laughs) Zone of competence. Okay they'll get food they can eat does it taste good F- questionable yeah, yeah yeah but they can eat it zone of excellence zone, zone of excellence i was trained in a french cuisine but i really love italian but i'm going to cook french because i'm good at it and okay, people know okay. me for it and then okay let's just take a deep plunge and say but my passion is really Baking, baking pastries. Uh, By the way, this is truth. I don't cook, I burn, but I am getting damn good and I love making baklava. Okay, if that's not the right way of saying it, listeners. That's the
1: right way of saying it, but I've never had it. Believe it or not, I've never had it.
0: It is absolutely amazing. Is it a German dish? It's Greek, I think.
1: Okay, okay.
0: I would get it at Greek restaurants when I went to school in Chicago. And then Greek festival here in Dayton, and then I found a Greek restaurant here. And let me just share: like I can go and I can get it for four bucks a piece. Uh huh. Now I figured out how to make a whole like nine by twelve nice. cookie. Yeah. If I'm making anybody hungry, I will put the baklava recipe into the show notes. She just, would be you making
1: know. me hungry, guys, but I've never had it. So uh, it's, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's like you- missing something that you never had. So, yeah,
0: don't look at the recipe. All right. Because you're the one who's out there exercising. This is just not going to help you stay fit.
1: Yeah. If if it tastes good. Listen, we all got to live a little. We all have to live a little bit. Can I share my zones? I want to do. Yes, please. So I am incompetent (laughs) as it relates to bookkeeping and finances. It's something I literally have been working on the past. Two years or so. But yeah, if you hired me on the team and my job was the accounting or the treasurer, it's not money wouldn't be missing, right? That would never be the issue. But it's like, but Rodney, we're the Records and like, why didn't you like what's up with our profit and loss metrics? And did you send the, the payments on time? And what about accounts receivable? We got money waiting and different things you just never like. Oh, oh man, that's overwhelming me just to think about. So, that's definitely something I'm just
0: thinking about the audits too. Oh,
1: jeez, oh. we would be yeah. screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have an incompetence with that my zone of competence that I can just get buy in, I'm competent enough to kind of contribute is with building. So like building a shed or a porch or, you know, fixing the hole in a wall, but I'm not good at it. The work is (laughs) a little sloppy to be honest. And it takes me a long time. Time. It takes me a long time to do. And I'm like, geez, this is all I got done today. And it's been a whole eight hours of me doing the honeydew list, handyman stuff. And pff, okay. All right. So that's my zone of competence, but I should probably outsource and pay somebody for that. My zone of excellence is hmm, I am really good at teaching stuff as an educator like, so taking your material, whoever you may be, the school system or this program, you have a set of materials and some content that you want people to learn. I can do a really good job of learning it and then sharing that for the audience, even if the audiences change. So if I have a whole bunch of stay-at-home moms that are in like their forties, it's a way to connect with those moms. If I have a whole bunch of 20 something, you know, young guys that are just getting out of college, guys, girls getting out of college. It's a way to talk to them. It's a way to talk to corporate leadership. It's a way to talk to community service workers. And so I have a really good way of bridging those gaps and taking that content and make it relatable, but I don't love it. And it's a little bit of a chore, but I'm really good at it, but I don't love it. My zone of excellence, Kim, that I would do for free, that I do for free. I feel my most self-actualized when I am standing in front of a group and I am talking about the analogies and the concepts and ideas that have sprung out of my heart that help make life better as we know it. I come alive. I get more and more analogies. I get references to statistical data points that I've forgotten that I knew. And I kind of just interweave all of these different aspects and I would do it nonstop unless my body didn't get tired. I could just live in that space. I'm in this point now in my career, Kim, where that's my livelihood, right? So those are the things that I train teams on as a leadership development trainer, but that's the sort of thing that I would do for nothing (laughs) like i would come and work with your teams whoever the you are out there Mm -hmm. and us talk about this stuff because it gives me life in a way that my molecules vibrate and i love it
0: Mm -hmm. i love that and what i was thinking when you were saying that and then i had to course correct myself and i'll explain Mm -hmm. was that zone of genius i can start that at seven o'clock in the morning and still be going strong at three o'clock in the morning the next yes. day. Not that I should be.
1: Okay? Right. All right, right. Not that that's healthy. <laughs>
0: right. Zone of excellence. I'm like nine to five. I'm good. Close yeah. the computer.
1: Let's clock it out. Yeah. Let's get out go it.
0: home or just, you know, close the uh-huh. office door and go to the other room. Uh But what I found with chronic idea disorder is that if I don't consider the why in the idea that I have, like if I don't look and see, is this really what I'm passionate about Mm. or am I just chasing the money again? I could easily, and I'm out of this now, I could easily confuse it for being my zone of genius. And I could do it from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Yes. Or 3 a.m. But it's
1: not life-giving. It's draining.
0: And after like a week or two, or sometimes it would be a month or two. Uh Uh-huh tons of money and tons of time and tons of resources like people power invested into it i would realize oh
1: i don't love this
0: no i don't like it i don't want to continue it and so my dropbox Uh uh-huh is i think i have terabyte plan my Uh dropbox is full of of projects that were started and maybe months through, like complete website designs. Oh wow! Courses that I like recorded all the modules for, uh-huh. and then realized, do I, I really want to be known for this?
1: This is taken away from me. Yeah. Yes. And I've been yeah.
0: doing speaking lately on Pinterest for podcasters or Pinterest for entrepreneurs in general. Uh-huh. Let me just make it clear. I. Well, we already talked about the fact that I can't cook. (laughs) Like, I'm artsy, but I don't really care for crafts. Like, I don't need to decorate my house for every holiday. And I don't Uh need to do those things with my kids. I hate the mess afterwards. Uh uh And clothes shopping? No thanks. I'd rather hire a personal shopper if the budget allows. So (laughs) Pinterest is normally like thought of as for when looking for clothes, crafts and recipes. Uh I don't apply to any of those, but I still get massive traction and I've been asked to speak on it numerous times. Is it like, that's in my zone of excellence.
1: Why do you think you get the traction? What draws the people to you?
0: It's just that it's, It's a marketing technique that a lot of podcasters and entrepreneurs haven't considered because they are not the woman looking for clothes, crafts or recipes. Uh But when they hear that, oh, my gosh, she's getting like one million monthly views. As of this day today, I'm not getting one million monthly views because I haven't been upkeeping it because, you know, but anyway, I can easily go well over a million monthly views. Wow. And I'm dedicated to Having that done, or that's yeah. something I should really outsource to a team member who that is their zone of genius. Yeah. I just need to put that out there. But, you know, that's like one of those things.
1: Uh-huh. Could I
0: speak on it? Yeah. Just like you and teaching.
1: Yeah. Right. What is
0: it what you want to be doing all the time?
1: You nailed it. Absolutely not. I took one of your nuggets. You drop nuggets, Kim, all the time. It is why you should be in the spaces that you are in with your podcast, with your books, with going and doing live talks, because you have a way of making things. Are you ready for this big word? This is an unnecessarily big word. Do I need word. to get my
0: dictionary out?
1: You're, you might need it, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll just work with it. You have a way, Kim, of making things simple and cognizable which is actually not so simple right but you have a way of is that a made
0: up word that's a real world
1: real word is connected to all of the words like recognition and recognize and cognition so cognizable yep real word so you have a way of making things formatted and packaged in a way where we can easily think about it it should be a much simpler word to describe that, right? Because cognizable is not such a cognizable word in and of itself, but you have that gift. One of the things that you said in one of our previous conversations was you would get all of these ideas, but you're learning that they're all not for you to deliver on and execute. And that resonated with me so much, Kim. I have a buddy of mine who has a laptop full of websites and ideas and initiatives and things that he's thought about and he would start them and run with them and go and they made so much sense but he couldn't bring them to fruition because he didn't want to be known for that he was losing the fervor for it etc and it wasn't until you dropped that nugget on me that i then recently went back and shared with him bro this isn't for you to deliver and execute on. It's for you to identify the person or persons out there that this is there. And I didn't have this word when I said it to him, but I meant this intent who has this as their zone of genius, right? And then equip them, empower them, give them the starter stuff that they need to run with the idea. Like, that's your role. Because he runs the gamut. He'll have something that makes athletes' life better, something that makes homeowners' lives better, something for, he's going to be so embarrassed that I said this, but something for intimate relationships. He has like this little... Doohickey that I've never seen Uh on the market before, and like, and so it's not even like he's all like engineering or for the kitchen or for legal stuff. Like it's all of these different things, and I'm like, yeah, you can't run in all those directions, bro. But listening to your point, what you said, Kim, I took that back to him and was like, your job is to empower those with this zone of genius to execute. On these things and so I just I'm really glad when you share this stuff like that I hope that I made that very cognizable for you
0: I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business maybe you're working too many hours maybe you're trying to work on too many things maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, Head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. I gotta tell you, I have my dictionary from when I was in high school, okay? Uh And listeners, that was like 1997 when I got this dictionary and I (laughs) highlight words that I look up. I just pulled the dictionary off the shelf and highlighted cognizable. (laughs)
1: I will awesome. text you,
0: Rodney, like proof of that. Like I seriously did. I want to challenge that though, because maybe, okay, this is something that I've been going through lately. Exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. I found this awesome website. I'm just going to spit it out. Empire Flippers or Empire Builders or something like that, okay. where people can sell their business. Oh, wow. So you can go on there. And buy somebody else's business, you can see the stats. If you get it like a premium plan, no, this episode is not sponsored by them, but I just want to put it out there. So one of the things that I was considering was, yeah, there's an opportunity with all these crazy ideas to build a business, Uh even if it's not mine and put it out there. But I think that has to come from me personally when I already have my team active and we're very profitable on our on our zone of genius business uh-huh. and this we know that this is just a side product project uh-huh. well I guess both words are feasible and we are building it knowing that we are building it to sell it to somebody who can benefit from the work that we've already done for them because some people aren't meant to build websites and get their marketing yeah. like come up with a marketing strategy on their own and source all the right you know s- suppliers but if we could do that, Great. We could save somebody a lot of time, but there's no reason. I mean, if my primary business is already doing well, then I could hire people to do that for me. But Mm -hmm. keep me out of it because like you and I being here, if you are focusing on building one of these side businesses Mm -hmm. rather than being here in your zone of genius talking about what you are incredible at you would be missing the opportunity to share your mission and your vision with the world. So I can't do that. If I'm going to do that, I need to give it to somebody else. If you looked at my GoDaddy account right now, you Uh would see a lot of domains. I don't know how many are in there right now. I've been slowly (laughs) letting them go, but I'm realizing, yeah, this one's not for me. This one's not for me.
1: That's such a freeing space to be in, to be able to let things go and not regret it. Like, this is not even a missed opportunity. I'm actually releasing this dove into the atmosphere so that somebody else can get some life out of it. So this thing can really fly because I'm just sitting on it. That's a freeing position to be in, Kim.
0: It is definitely. I want to go back to the different zones in uh-huh. the view of a leader. Okay. So when somebody comes in, they fill out an application interview.
1: Uh huh.
0: Often we're asked, what's your, biggest strength and what's a weakness yeah and i have given out those totally puff puffs not even <laughs> the right word you know
1: i work so hard it's my biggest weakness uh, i'm working yeah. on it right but
0: where do you think that asking those questions like asking what's your zone of genius and your zone of incompetence could come in to making mm-hmm. stronger teams stronger leaders, stronger employer or employees. Right,
1: right, right, right. So you want to take the approach as entrepreneurs, as leaders, you want to approach this with the idea that this is a very strength-based exercise, which doesn't mean we don't allow weaknesses to kind of bubble up. It means that weaknesses are identified as opportunities. Think about a puzzle piece, right? Right. Every divot in one piece is just an opportunity to be connected to another team member, to another community partner, to another organization that does business with us in a way for us to build, right? But if we don't allow it, if we don't talk about it, if we don't let those things kind of bubble up to the top, we operate as if there's not a weakness, Everybody has a strong hand and a weak hand. Everybody has a left and a right. Everybody has something that they're great at and something that they're not so great at. And so that's just normal. And a lot of times companies operate under the auspices where Everybody has to be great at their job. This is what I was hired to do. And although my numbers or my performance is kind of saying otherwise, I have to fake the fuck. Like, no, yeah, no, I like all of this on my plate. Like, I enjoy all of these things. I thought I loved the baklava, for example. And then I tasted it and I ate it. And it took me three weeks or three months or three years, but I realized I didn't love this. I just was kind of going through the motions. And so we can either let them go right? And that's a whole financial consideration and relationship consideration. Or we can let the Kims and the Rodneys of the world that are on your teams that you've built relationships with to identify where we are strongest and where we are weakest. And then you as the leader, look at the pieces on your team and figure out, hmm, if Kim did a little bit more of this would free her up from doing some of the stuff that she's not good at that's actually hurting us, that's actually not helping us at all. But if she did more of this stuff, that would free her up. And Rodney's actually kind of good at that and he doesn't mind it. And so I can kind of let Rodney do that and let Kim do that. And so that's the beauty. Kim of leaders and entrepreneurs asking about zones of competence and incompetence and genius and excellence. And I know that was completely out of order, right? But that's the beauty of it because it gives us an opportunity to strengthen the team. I was about to go into a whole example about molecular structure versus atomic structure. And I won't do that now because that may take us on a rabbit hole right down a rabbit trail, but just understand that sometimes The way a substance bonds with each other molecularly doesn't change what it is at its core. It just changes how it relates to one another inside of the structure, inside of the molecule, inside of the system. And so what you have is, think about it like this. Think about very, very creamy oatmeal versus oatmeal that's a little bit more chunky, And the only difference sometimes, it could be, yeah, milk or creams or sugar, but sometimes I let that one just get the water and whatever, and ingredients, and I let it sit and marinate. And this one, I stirred stirred and stirred and stirred and stirred and stirred and stirred and stirred. And so the texture is silkier and creamier with the same ingredients. That's a molecular change, but atomically, it's the same thing. And so we can... Oh, wait, my phone is buzzing. I'm so sorry, Kim.
0: Are you kidding me? Positive productivity. My husband came in to get my credit card so he could go get his lunch.
1: (laughs) I love that. Dude, I'm hungry. (laughs) I love that. I didn't didn't even hear that. But yeah, that's one of the major things that you can change how your teams relate and interconnect with each other without changing the teams out themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is the beauty of going through those zones. That's leadership in action.
0: I want to share a quick story quickly. Mm -hmm. I was an interior designer for 10 years, and the design part was the most exciting to me. I think that's the same for every person who dreams of being a designer. It's the design, it's the color, it's Uh fabrics, and it's how it looks. But when you get into the field and you realize what you got to do on the back end, there's some parts that are so damn boring. Uh
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh
0: my parents were both accountants i didn't go into accounting because i didn't want to look at spreadsheets all day well one of the things i had to do as an interior designer especially when i was designing schools was make schedules is what it was called spec schedules okay spreadsheets saying okay this paint goes on this wall this paint goes on this ceiling this is what the floor type is it was the most monotonous Ugh.
1: <laughs> yeah. That sounds horrible. I didn't want to judge it because just because it sounded horrible for me doesn't mean it was horrible for that sounds horrendous for my personality type. Can I say yeah, it that way? And
0: and mine too. And what helped me get fired from <laughs> that job and helped me transition out of design in general uh-huh. was that when I was most overwhelmed in work and when I should have been spending the most time on design. I got so overwhelmed one time that I put all of the ceiling colors on the walls. So, white. Oh. Okay. I was designing schools, primary school. Oh. And I put all the bright primary wall colors on the ceilings.
1: Oh, my God. Like for an actual building, or this was yes, just. The-
0: this, and this is how the contractors actually painted out the classrooms. <laughs> so, thankfully, they didn't charge me to fix the paint in this whole school but it definitely helped me out the door
1: oh right. my gosh but
0: had they just gotten an intern or somebody who really loved looking at charts yeah, and to do yeah, that work for me yeah. they could have gotten more of the best of me yes saved a lot of money
1: and there alleviated so much of that heartache and mm-hmm. how did the, i wish i wish it was a visual for one of those rooms or a couple of those rooms i wish just
0: imagine I bright red ceiling and white Wall, <laughs> and this you, was not a like I was gonna put a bad like, let's just leave it there. It wasn't any place risky, really cool. okay?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. You know what? I think would have been cool if the leadership had the foresight and the balls, right? Because this is a little ballsy to do to just kind of revamp the whole. Vision of the school, right? Uh-huh. So, you know what I mean? Like take those ceilings and this now represents, I don't know. Now we're looking up for like, just kind of use it, like utilize it towards like a, as a strength, as opposed to like, now we have to start all over it. So I don't know. Well, I
0: crack a- up now because like taking my kids to pediatricians offices uh-huh. and stuff like they do stuff like that. They put cloud Plastic coverings over the ceiling light fixtures because it, you know, the kids are laying there and it keeps their attention. See? Does the ceiling need to be red? No. Maybe let's just say I was before my time.
1: <laughs> That's and right. You have visionary.
0: <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> when kids are bored, they could have been entertained looking That's at right. those red ceilings. That's anyway, right. so let's just cover one more time. How yeah. would you like to work with people? If there's somebody out there listening who mm-hmm. would like to get in touch and they want to know if you are the right person to contact, how would you love to work with somebody as a result of our conversation today?
1: Gotcha. So, the very first thing, we should just do a free pro bono, just kind of like overview of where you are, right? This costs nothing. We sit down, and you say, Rodney, I got these people. Let me give this real quick example and then I'm going to share my little contact information. I had a director of a nonprofit in Maryland, charter schools are run by nonprofits. The nonprofits answers to the board of education, right? So that's how it works here in Maryland. I'm not sure how it works in other places. And so I had this director of a nonprofit that owned a charter school that operated the charter school. So she called me and she said, Rodney, can we meet? I was like, sure, we can meet. So we set up a time. I went to her office and she said, Rodney, I have a lot of dis. I forgot the word. People weren't in agreement, right? People felt disconnected and at odds. She was like, "We're not on the same vibe here." I was like, "Well, what happened?" She said, "Well, I fired half of the teachers last year." <laughs> I was like, oh snap! What? She was like, "And the principal." She was like, "It was two schools in one." She said, "I fired one of the principals and I fired half of the teachers," and she said. Also, the building had a flow. You come in this door, you work your way around the building, and you come out this other door, and you went through the various grades, right? You went through this grade, this grade, this grade, and it had been like that for years. She was like, I completely flipped the theme up of our building, the flow. Now, the little grades are here, and the bigger grades are here, and the such and such is there, and I moved this room to this part, and it's been very different, and everybody just feels shooken up. Shaking up, whatever the proper term is. And everybody just feels antsy and everyone's kind of worried about their job. And I also hired brand new teachers to fill those slots. So we got brand new people who don't know what the heck is going on that are trying to keep a positive attitude as they connect with older teachers who feel like they were just kind of saved by the bell by the skin of their teeth but they could be on the chopping block next who used to have a room but now they have a completely different room in a completely different part of the building she was like it's a mess and they're not seeing my vision and then she paused kim and she looked at me and she said can you fix it very matter of fact just like that wow can you fix it and i was like oh my goodness gracious and so with that led into a series of talks. And then we mapped out some stuff. And then we did a series of team meetings. And we worked through a model called a tool called the EPS model that allows them to identify solutions in house that don't cost anything more than the budget that they're already working with. That's always a big help for teams. We looked at group dynamics and the five phases of group development. We looked at the whole brain model and how best to structure and counterbalance targeted teams that are working on goals. We looked at ETO, which is efforts to outcomes and how to make sure that our actions are relevant to the goals that we're setting. And we did all of these different things. We put these tools in place and we implemented them in a way where the staff was able to do it on an ongoing basis without having me come in and monitor and babysit, right? So I came in a few times, but I didn't have to babysit it because these things are kind of self propelling, right? Once you get them, they kind of make some sense. You can go with them, but they just need to be applied well. Those are the kind of things we can do for teams, right? Those are the kind of things that we can have the conversations with the leadership, and we might need a little bit or a lot of it. And it may well be that that very first initial conversation is like the spark. That inspires you as a leader, as the entrepreneur, as the boss to do whatever else is necessary. You just needed that talk. You just needed to unpack. So I would love to do that. If it blossoms into more collaboration and opportunities to work together, great, right? If it gives you the spark that you need to go, this is what I love to do. I'm in a position, Kim, gratefully, humbly, where my bills are paid right? My mortgage is fine. I don't know if this is the smartest thing to do, but I did it. I literally went to the dealership last year and dropped cash and walked off the dealership lot with a brand new car. And so I wanted to have that experience. Now people's like, well, you could have leveraged that money and you put it in another account and got the interest compounded. And so now I'm like, man, maybe I could have used it as a financial tool, but I wanted the experience of walking into a dealership and like, it doesn't matter what the haggle negotiation, good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Like that's, the, all of that is irrelevant to our conversation, right? Because I'm coming in here oh, and I'm but I out. think
0: it's so relevant. I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Because I want the listeners to think about, okay, I'm going to talk to one listener. Yes. You, the listener who is financially struggling right now. I just want you to think about, What you would do that would make your heart smile so big if you had the ability to go in and pay all of your bills right now, like Mm. if you didn't have to worry about a car payment or a house payment, what would you do? How would your day look different if it weren't driven with the concern about paying bills today, tomorrow, and the next day? And then start making decisions about you know, how you're going to lead and how you're going to live from that way. I love that you did that because that's actually my goal in the next two to five years is to get my, well, I want to get my car paid off this year. I just bought it a month ago. Wow. I want to pay it off this year because I know that that freedom in my stress space Mm -hmm. will allow me to work more from my peace place. That's
1: right. That freedom from my... Didn't I tell you she drops these little cognizable gems? The freedom from my stress place allows me to work what more from my, from pe- my peace place? Work that just from my peace place. I yeah, love to my it.
0: awesome team. Can you write that one down and send it to me? Because that just came out of.
1: <laughs> just, yeah. I love that. But,
0: but and then my house will be right. Re- like that's a goal for five years. Mm-hmm. We still, to be honest, have twenty seven years left.
1: of mortgage payments so let's do it in five i love that yes
0: i want to do it in five because that freedom from the stress place will allow more for the peace place wow if i'm not not driven by money every day i can't imagine and i'm not like i this last year has been amazing i'm not working from a place of worry anymore and it's Uh amazing because i trust that whatever needs to happen will happen so with (laughs) all that said yeah that's where i want to be
1: yes but we're Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that because of that freedom from the stress place, right? And operating out of my own peace place that Kim just talked about, I get to experience doing what I love. Guys, I have a unique ability and I know it's tons of us and there's 7 billion people on this planet. I know that I am one of a contingency that can also say this as their truth. I'm one of them. The ability to speak and spark new life into a current situation is a gift that I have. And a lot of times you have on team everything you need, but it doesn't seem like it because it's dark, it's murky, it's baggage laden, you know, like it's a whole lot going on. And just having the benefit of that perspective allows you to revision what you currently have and say like, wow. I mean, Kim, I've sat down with people, with teams. I was working with a nonprofit in Philadelphia, like in the Western part outside of, uh, I mean, in Pennsylvania, in the Western part of Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. So we were way on the other side of the state and they were a fatherhood initiative and they were trying to get guys, Jobs, underemployed guys in the rural part of that town or county, get them employed. And they were showing me all of these reasons. They're about to lose funding from the government. And so they were like, What we do all of this great work. Yo, we have this after-school program, and we kind of feed the students, and you know, we actually have this closet clothes giveaway that we do for the community. And they were talking about all of these things. And I said, which one of these beautiful initiatives points to getting guys employed because everybody that's busy is not always Just because you're doing a lot doesn't mean you're getting a lot done. Productivity and activity are very different things. And so sometimes you need perspective to come in and say, hey, why you guys doing it like that because the people that are in the system are accustomed to the system that's what we always done we always just submit on the first and the 15th we always take it over there we always i heard this antidote kim about henry ford you know his claim to fame people think that he invented the car he didn't invent the car he invented the assembly line right and so that is taking the process of making a car out of the hands of one or two mechanics and hiring a bunch of folks and all they do is put this pipe on this thing and turn this wrench, put this pipe in this thing and turn this wrench, right? And just move it down the line. And he was able to crank out cars for every American or whatever the goal was back then. And he was walking through his factory and the guy put 50 drops of oil. He was using 50 drops of oil over the, over the almost finished product. And he was like, why are you using 50? And the guy was like, well, you know, that's what we always done. He was like, well, couldn't you get it done with less oil? Does it need that many strokes? He was like, oh, no, no, no. We kind of need 50. We know we need 50. And so then he dropped them down to 40 and the car messed up, right? And then he bumped them up to 45 and then he bumped them up to 48. And 48 drops of oil did the job. Well, when you're cranking out Hundreds of vehicles per month, times maybe thousands of vehicles per year, that savings between 50 squirts versus 48 squirts had a cost savings in barrels of oils that needed to be purchased, which helps profitability and profit margins. And so having somebody come in and just kind of look at what we're doing and not question it in a way that just kind of knocks down who we are and what we stand for, but like, hmm. Maybe it's opportunity there. Maybe it's opportunity there. That's what I'm uniquely gifted in. I would love to have this conversation with your leaders, with you guys as entrepreneurs. My name is Rodney C. Burris. Every single way you want to use social media or website or .com, that's how you would find me. Rodney C. Rodney C. Burris on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Rodney C. Burris on LinkedIn. This is what I do. I'm very good at it but it brings me life and that life is actually what I bring to our table and to our conversation. I would love to have those with you.
0: Bam, mic drop right there. I don't know how I can follow it up except to say if you're driving, if you, like me, burn dinner and you're trying not to right now, you can come back later or you can go right now to thekimsutton.com forward slash pp692 and you'll find all those links so you can leave it open and come back later. But I'd especially love for you to go over there and drop a comment down below the show notes. Let us know what you got out of this conversation. I'd even love to hear what your zone of incompetence is and what your zone of genius is. Mm. And perhaps within our listener community and even between Rodney and I, we can start, you know, help you shift into a better place of being constantly in that zone of genius. What do you think, Rodney?
1: I love that. Yeah. And I'm down for it.
0: Awesome. So duckimsutton.com forward slash PP692. Rodney, I would love to end the show since we didn't do it last week, but I would love to wrap up with asking Uh you for a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, this is my favorite quote from Einstein. And Einstein was a genius, as we all know. And came up with the theory of relativity. He had that beautiful like hair that wore him. I don't know if he wore his hair or if his hair wore him, but we all know what Einstein looked like. like. And Einstein, Kim, said something that was so profound. It knocks me off my socks every time I think about it. And I'm about to share it again. And that quote is simply this. If you can't explain it simply, you don't really understand it yet yourself. Einstein. The beautiful thing about that, Kim. Do you know how he explained the inner workings of the universe in light and mass and matter and how it all connects the theory of relativity? He did it with three letters. E equals MC squared. The universe. If you can't explain it simply. You don't really get it yet yourself. And so as leaders, if we are trying to have a conversation with our team or explain the vision or talk about this new project and we can't really get it out and we starting and stopping, it's not because maybe them, perhaps we don't fully have it fleshed out yet ourselves. And that's a good place to start.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast.